You are listening to episode four of the Industrial Tradition Podcast. Today, you are going to hear part two of my interview and conversation with Mary-Kate Page. If you missed the first part, it is episode three, so you can go back and check that out if you want to listen to them in order. But if you already have, or if you just want to start here, feel free. This is episode four. Today we're talking all about her having her double mastectomy and what the future looks like for her, what she's doing today and what her plans are for the future. I'm so excited to share this with you. Enjoy. We believe that ordinary people's stories are the ones that need to be told. We want to meet you in the trenches of everyday life and say, me too. Pipeline families, farmers, ranchers, makers, mothers, mechanics, truckers, welders, and alike are all welcome here. Industrial Tradition is a brand dedicated to celebrating you and the way you live life. I'm Kayla, creator of Industrial Tradition and your host. I love that our community is filled full of people with tough roots and wild dreams. This is our community kitchen table. Show up here to talk shop, tell soul-filled stories, share your best advice, and shake hands with folks living on hard work and faith, just like you. I really wanted to talk to you about your double mastectomy. So how did you find out? What I mean, was it, was it cancer? What? Yeah. How did this so- come about? I found my first lump actually here at this house passing through. And I feel like this is the best blessing. I was just talking to my grandma about this because I'm so glad I was with family. I found it in October, like right after I flew back. Sorry, I'm trying to think of like the timeline. So Josh was in no, West Virginia. Do you guys like, do like, we do our timeline off of jobs. Like, yes, that's where I just went. <laughs> <laughs> that's how we base everything. Like we need it for taxes. We need it for our memory. Like, you I know, know, I'm that's like, I need to be everything. better about writing it down. This is like, goes to show you why I need to write it down. Okay. So basically what had happened was Josh went on a job in West Virginia and I stayed home in Oregon and worked. It just felt like a financial better decision for us. And he came and picked me up basically in Oregon and we drove back up to West Virginia. And on the way to West Virginia, we stopped here as like a stopping point to like visit my grandparents and then go on. And I was laying down on the couch and I was watching Law and Order. And I just had had like some serious like discomfort in my left breast and for like a while. And I was actually a really big chested gal. Like I was like a 34 triple D, like I had no boobs and people used to like make fun of me. And then all of a sudden I like grew boobs and I was so self-conscious and had wanted a reduction like since I was 18 like I was a late bloomer and I was like super tomboy always wore two sports bras like I just was really uncomfortable with my chest so but I was laying there and I like touched because I was like damn what hurts and I felt this lump and I went into the bathroom and you could literally see like this lump and I'm like how the f do you miss that like oh my gosh so I had a fibroabnema and they're like it's this that grows and it just continues to grow in size. Sometimes they don't, but this one had, and it ended up being the size of a lemon. I remember, and all of a sudden you're just like your throat, like you're just like swallowing and instantly you think breast cancer. And backstory, both my mom and my grandma had double mastectomies at 50, preventative, and my grandma's mom 
had breast cancer and so did five of her sisters. Just knowing like what my mom had gone through, like she had her first cyst that she had removed at 22. It just got overdone to the point where like it was the smart decision to be proactive. So anyways, my story is I found it, I got into a doctor and they did a 3D mammogram and she's like, you know, it's going to hurt. I'm like, you can squish these bitches as tight as you want. I just want you to get a good, like I have a high pain tolerance. So going in, knowing that I had one and instantly they were like, you have cysts and tumors on both sides of your breast and we're going to do a bilateral ultrasound. So it'd be to both sides. And it was just like so overwhelming because you like can barely wrap your head around like what's going on and just like being scared and thinking worst case scenario, of course. And then being told that there was way more going on and you're like, how it just happened to surface. And it's like, how long had I been just weird? Anyhow, so I, they decide that they're going to aspirate it. And so basically they ultrasound it so they can find it and you watch it on the screen and they take a needle and they shove it in and they drain it. So basically the philosophy is, is like once you drain it, the cyst is supposed to connect like saran wrap and it's not supposed to fill up again. They were like, it's totally benign. You know, you have all these other things going on. We'll want to see you every six months just to kind of monitor like what's going on. I was like, I don't know. I'm just, I said, I'm really adamant about you just testing it. And she's like, okay, so... I waited and it was like a month and like we left here, went up to West Virginia and like went about and I was like, gosh, I have not got my results. And I called, well, they lost my results. And once they were able to track them down, it was like three or four days. And she called and she said that it had a false negative kind of result and that they wanted to see me right away. And so like instantly you're like, holy shit. <laughs> so they do an ultrasound again on it. And it had already grown back. back. Yeah. So this was the other thing. I was grateful that I was in Kansas because I was like, wherever we are, at least it's a median. And like, yeah, it's, you know, I can either drive or fly depending where normally we're at like East coast ish, you know, so it had grown. And then there was two other ones that had showed up in that like month and a half time, right over like the side of it. So we scheduled a biopsy. So they removed both of them, or I guess it was all three of them. I just wasn't super happy with my doctor. And my mom had a deep flap surgery, but her plastic surgeon had recommended another doctor. So I made the decision. See, this is what's hard about traveling too is, I mean, I could go on and on about doctors. Austin's type one. So we have really, for two years now, so we've like really had to figure this out. And I think always you have to be the advocate for your own health, but I think specifically whenever you're traveling and whenever you're doing pipeline, it's really important. And like, you have to constantly check up on stuff, like Mm -hmm. reel people in, ask questions. I'm glad you brought that up because it is so important and it's so- Well, and keep your record. And like the nice thing that they have now, a lot of the hospitals that you go to have that was the online portals, which is Mm -hmm. nice. So I made the executive decision that I would just fly to Oregon. And when I go to Oregon, I literally do the length of Oregon because like I have family. It's like, I can't just go home and see one person. I like see them all. Like, yeah. But so I ended up knowing that I had to go in every six months and I just wasn't happy with the way that I, like my experience was. So a recommendation too, for anybody out there, whether it's with your breasts or it's with your arm, like if you don't feel comfortable with your doctor, that's why there's so many of them, search until you find somebody that you like. So I went to another doctor in Portland for my six-month checkup, 
and I had more cystin tumors that were showing up. And then I came back another time at, you know, six month mark. I remember like, you can tell like on the tech space, like something's not right when they do like your ultrasound, you know, and this whole time it's like, they say, you know, do self checks and all that. But I'm like, when you're that big and I'm also let, the other thing is too, there's like four stages to like your breast tissue and mine's number four, which is like the densest that it there is. And so it's like really like grainy and it's like when you did are to do a mammogram and stuff like that, it's really dark. So it's hard to see like what's in there. So I didn't do another mammogram after they just do ultrasound. And if ultrasound isn't showing what they'd want, then they would do an MRI, but I never ended up doing an MRI. The tech was like, you know, she found something you could tell the radiologist wasn't there to read it. So they sent me on to go see my doctor and then they brought me back. And I had one like on my sternum area that they were kind of concerned about. Then they were like, well, just watch it. Like we do everything. We just monitor like what's going on and making sure like sizes of things and whatnot. And then it was like a few months later, I had some issues on my left side from the, that was the side I had my fibroadmibas removed. And I called my doctor and kind of expressed like some of the things that I was concerned about. So she had me come in. So this whole time, like, were you like back at the camper and then she had you come in means you're like flying. flying. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Okay. Cause this is, you're acting like, Oh, like I just, I just went in. Like, yeah, no, I know. Jump on a plane. You had to fly. I mean, that is, I'm just like having a hard time wrapping my mind around this. It just, I can imagine that it would be like overwhelming and just, I don't know, you're just all over the place. Yeah. Well, and it's like, I'll get into that in a second. Like kind of like mindset. I'm February 13th was my appointment and I know the date very well because I went in there and I finally lost my shit and was just like in tears. And, you know, like her concern was, though I had breast cancer in my family and I went and saw basically a genealogist who like looks at your family history and all the cancer and all your sides. And then they kind of like determine like your risk of developing cancer. And then I also was going to have my mom take the BRCA test because with my grandma and my mom being proactive as well, and their stories are very, very similar to my story. We would have never known if they truly would have developed breast cancer or not because it happened before it happened. You know what I mean? And like my mom had a hysterectomy in her early thirties. So, or mid thirties. So, you know, like that's the thing, like if you test positive for the BRCA gene, like they take all of that and they take your boobs and like, so we just didn't know. And the genius is like, I'm not trying to say that I don't believe your family history, but it's like so crazy. And so my doctor is like, you're further enough removed. Your insurance probably is not going to cover it because it's not considered like a family risk. We didn't have the BRCA test yet. And She just was a real advocate for like saving good breast tissue if she could. I just started to break down and I said, Dr. Blank, her name. And I was said that I am now to the point where I feel like what kind of quality of life is this every six months? And like in my lifestyle, it's not super easy. And I don't know how to truly check because I feel like I don't know what's growing or what's new or what's not. And I said, I don't really feel like it's a matter of like, if I feel like it's a matter of when, and I said, and I would really like a double mastectomy. And I just started crying and she looked at me and was like, heard me. And I got a call the next day on Valentine's day. I was with my niece outside of Target. And they said, your insurance just approved you for a double mastectomy. 
And I was just like, Oh my God. In May. So February Whoa. and I was going to have it in May. Right. And I, my mom ended up in the meantime, she had the test and she wasn't positive for BRCA, but like a fun fact about the BRCA test is like, if your parent tests positive, any of the children have a 50% chance of having that gene. That's okay. crazy. Right. And maybe this is why I don't share, like, I really want to share my story. I'm going to get emotional. I really want to share my story because being young or old, it doesn't matter. It's scary to have health concerns. And I would love to ever be of someone to lean on or like, this is what I went through or like just a concern. Like I've actually had a few women reach out to me because I've shared the story and I only just yeah. want to be, I don't even know, like an ear and a hug away, like a virtual hug Yeah. <laughs> because I can't imagine not knowing anybody who's gone through it. Like I knew what to expect because I had lived it with my mom. I didn't have the BRCA gene and I didn't have cancer, but it was the right decision for me. And the best thing I heard after my surgery was that my doctor said, you made the best decision for yourself. And she goes, and I know I second guessed you. She goes, but you caught it before it got you. And it was just like that, oh. like it would have eventually happened. That's how she felt. And so I feel super blessed. And literally yeah. like two weeks after, I don't even know, I got told, like, I think it was like two weeks after my dad's mom had developed breast cancer. And I just felt like there's never been a point where I like regret it or second guess it. Like I feel like, and it's crazy because I literally just had like my year anniversary of my second surgery yeah. in August. It's now my new normal, but I'm still learning what my new normal is like right. with my appearance, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. That is wild. I mean, it's a story of you trusted your gut. That's literally... I mean, you told me a lot of things, but that is incredible that, and that you had the courage to say that because I don't know what that part of your body means to you, but I feel like a lot of times as women, you know, we all have like our things like our hair or maybe it's our boobs or whatever that are kind of make us feel like women. Mm -hmm. And I know that I've heard whenever I hear like mastectomy or double mastectomy stories, it's a lot of times that idea of, I felt like I was losing like a part of being a woman. And I don't know what that was like for you, but just that you have the courage to say, you know, not that that probably didn't matter to you at all, but like this other is more important and quality of life is more important. And I don't want to live my life in doctor's office. And I don't want to live my life in fear that like, I'm going to miss something mm -hmm. and you know, it's going to that it gives you. Yeah, yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's so much. That's just going to be so heavy. It would, like you said, it would have been so heavy for so long to carry that and deal with it. And I don't know. I just, it, I, I think that's amazing. You're so well, strong. Thank, to you. Be able oh, to do that. thank you. I, and I, you know, you're right. Like I could have not said anything and just let it happen, but I feel like what's hard for me to share my story is I feel guilty a little bit because I had the choice yeah. and I know a lot of women don't. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's where like my story is so different that, right. but I know it's mine and I know that there's other women out there, but I feel grateful yeah. because I made the choice before it made it for me. And I think that, I mean, there's so many things that I 
could go on and you can ask any question you want. I'm super open and want to share. I also knew when I had this surgery that there was a possibility that my body could reject implants and then that would make me literally nothing. And that was a hard one. And like, there's a bunch of people now that are having explant surgeries, which they're taking out their elective breast implants. And that was like, has been a concern or played in my head recently. Like, well, what happens if, and then I'm like, you know what, it's going to happen. And then you'll embrace that. And that's another thing that you can share with the world that they're not alone. And there's other women who chose not to. I think the hardest part was like, when you tell people that you're going to have it, people are like, well, at least you get new boobs. Well, I guess I have an implant over skin. Like it's not like I have any fat tissue in there to create this shape. And the best advice I ever got, if I could give any, was from my grandma. And she said, it's not about what you look like naked. It's about what you could look like in a bra. And that's the truth because the deformity of the way that the shape and like my implant is under my muscle. And so like if I stand like this, it literally concaves right here. And I have scars straight across on each side, but my scars are healing beautifully. And I chose not to do nipples. They had to take mine because of my, you know, a lot of times they can save them. And they were like, the only way they could have saved mine is if they would have attached them to another piece of my body to like keep the blood flow. And I was like, that's so weird. Wow. That is yeah. so weird. <laughs> so I was like, no, but then he could have made me new ones and there's ways to tattoo. But for me personally, right. like I thought that that was so important until I went through it. And I was like, it's not to me. Like, I don't need to recreate the old me because this is a new me, but everybody's yeah. need, like you said, for womanhood is different. And I think the hard part was like, when you do the surgery, like I'm not a mom. My mom really wanted me to wait till I had kids so that I could like experience breastfeeding. Well, like that's a whole nother story that I'm not sure that I'm able to have kids. So then there does play in, like I feel kind of like, you know, not that I'm not a woman, but it, it does take that piece away from you. But right, I think it's a lot of mental things you go through. Like in the beginning, I had spacers and I was like, super flat and I just was like this is so weird like the unveiling of my first after surgery I like was like mortified to look down and then I was like okay well the spacers are really uncomfortable and they're doing different sizes and they look wonky as all get out and you're like but that's okay because this isn't my forever and that's how I got through it and then I went into my second surgery to replace the spacers with implants and I just was so like this is it and I have to love it and I struggled for like two months because I was unhappy, but only unhappy with what I had like envisioned size wise. Like Mm -hmm. I love being a part of the itty bitty titty committee again. And I felt like I was bigger than I wanted to be. But then as the plastic surgeon said, like the chest cavity and all of that fit. And I know I'm not like huge, but you know, I wore swimsuits this last week at the lake that I would have never, ever worn before. I feel like when I'm out, like, I feel like I need to tell people that, like, if they look good, you know, in a, in a sports bra top or a swimsuit, that it's not because I had elective surgery. It's because, like, I want to tell my story. Is that so weird? Yeah. No. And, and that, I think that would be weird, too. Like, especially, like you're saying, like, in a sports bra, in a swimsuit, and you almost feel like you're covering up, like, part of you and while it's normal for us like to cover those parts of our body Mm -hmm. because they're private it also like you're saying becomes such a big part of your story 
that you almost feel like you're like hiding because you might like look a certain way, mm-hmm. but so much else happened there. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's so much more. My doctor had said too that I would have been like a candidate for a reduction if I wanted it because like I had a heavy chest and like mm-hmm. shoulder indentations in the neck and like lower back and all that. But yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. That's crazy wild. that it's been a year, but at the same time, I'm like, it's been a year. Like it feels like forever ago, but at the same time, I'm like, I can't believe like I, what has all taken place in a year. And it's been like one of my friends online, I've only met her once in person, but she had said to me recently, like, you should be so proud of everything that you've overcome in this year. And like, you're stepping into a new season. And I was like, wow, like, it feels like when you're going through it, it feels like so much longer. I feel like I'm kind of like in a rebirth stage with like so many things in life. And I'm like excited and like trying to fight old demons. And I hope you will continue to share that story because even though I know you said sometimes you feel like maybe weird about sharing it because you didn't, like you weren't stuck with like you, like you had a choice, like you Mm -hmm. said, Mm -hmm. but I'm sure that like it could help somebody else do it ahead of time if they just knew that that was even a possibility or that other people did that because I certainly, and I've never been faced with it, but I've never known of anybody to do that or I didn't even know that was a thing which I'm super uneducated about it, which is another reason why I'm probably so curious. I know your story is different, but I think that it could really help other people. And if anything else, just I think that talking about it needs to happen because, and I know this, we talk about this a lot, like I struggle with mental health and everybody talks about the stigma around it. I feel like there's a stigma around this because, oh my gosh, gasp, we're talking about a body part like on the internet openly. And I just think that it's something that needs to, like the curtain needs to be taken down. We need to get real. Like this can save somebody's life. This could up somebody's quality of life to know that they have choices, to -hmm. know that they need to find a doctor that they're comfortable with, to know that they could choose that before like it was too late. Not that you're you don't know at all what that is. That just didn't happen to be part of your story. Right. You yeah. Know? And I appreciate all of that. And I think that you're so right. Like if it wouldn't have been in my immediate circle, I would have been probably more naive to the experience or what to expect or the process mm-hmm. and the scenarios like RACA or you know, actual cancer. I want to be there for someone who has a question who finds their first lump or someone who has told that they have to have that surgery. Like I would love to be able, like, I know every scenario is going to be different. Everybody's experience will be different. Their trials and stuff that they go through, but just like, even like the things that helped me through my surgery, like I want to be able to share that. I mean, and that's part of like something that's on my heart. I feel like will be later in life, but I was just going to say is that I did some like video footage of me like throughout the process that I will eventually like to compile when I get a better computer and I can like do it like not just on my phone because I want it to be you know I want to do it right for me and like I did I remember like the hardest thing was like packing my clothes before surgery because I just remember looking at my closet thinking I'll never wear those clothes again the way I wear them now or at the time and it just was kind of like emotional and it's emotional. Nobody like I don't feel like can truly understand like what it feels like and it, 
I mean, and that's like in any case, you know, like in any disease or any hard time you're going through. So, and I think too, like it's back to that other point. I don't mean to keep going back here, but I just think it's also important for other people to know that you're not downplaying cancer and the severity of that if yours was something that was benign mm-hmm. or like you, it was your choice. Like it's still a huge deal. Like, mm-hmm it's still changing your body and going through that mindset shift and, you know, going through surgeries and, you know, you were away from your husband, right? Like you did this, you had your family, but he was working, right? So he did get to be there for my surgery and he got to be there a week and a half. I think total, he ended up being there. And then I spent, yeah, the rest of the time in Oregon, I went up, in between surgeries when they said I could fly and visited him for like a week. And in, and during that week, my grandpa had died on my birthday. So I flew back to Oregon for the funeral and then flew back to see him for the rest of the time. And then I went and had my other surgery and then stayed. And then I drove from Oregon. I bought a truck (laughs) and then I drove back. With your grandpa, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw that picture because I was looking at your Instagram. Girl, I went all the way back. I went all the way down. Whenever we we used to edit Instagram pictures with the Instagram filters, you know what I mean? Yes. Oh my God. Real cute. Yeah. But I just think that, I don't know. I just can't imagine like the dynamic and like the travel and being all over the place, but I want to, okay, by the way, just this one question to wrap Mm -hmm. this up because Mm -hmm. I want to know, how do you refer to double mastectomy? Do you say like survivor or do you say like just that you have had one? Like, how do you word that? That's like proper or that you're, I don't know if it's proper. I feel like maybe someone will tell me different, but I don't really feel like a survivor because I feel like to me, I feel like that's reserved for someone who truly survived cancer. I don't know. I don't even know what the etiquette would be. Like I had a prolific thing or prolactic. I can't even say the word right, but it just means a preventative double mastectomy. I call them foobs because they're like fake foobs and I use cherries to identify it, but I love it. I don't, I don't I know. It. Like I don't have a, and I think that'll maybe come in time. But it will. And like, we don't have to put a title on it. I was just curious. I'm always like trying to make sure that I'm not saying stuff incorrectly. So I wanted to ask somebody that, you know what I mean, has been through it and lived it. Okay. So I want to get into the rebirth, the like, oh, yeah. new, not new, you're the same person, but this, like you, you talked about how you think you're, or you feel like you're in this new season. And yeah. a lot of that, is like you're changing a lot of things going back to like early on in your story that you mentioned that you like got into the MLM world and you were, I do call it like a beach body coach. And then you kind of decided that you were going to kind of pivot transition out of that and Mm -hmm. do something more that like you created from the ground up. So can we kind of talk about that really fast? Yeah. Obviously I'm so excited for you and yeah. just want everybody to know kind of what you're doing and what your like plans are, the ones you okay. can share. Cause I know some okay. of it might be like a secret or whatever, but <laughs> yeah. So it had been on my to-do list, if you will, on a list, like 
post it now. It's list, list, list. Like, Amen. I think, Amen. Yes. Amen. So I was like, don't you get lost on <laughs> your own to-do list? So you just rewrite it a hundred times. But yeah, I had on my to-do list to start a blog, which I also know that it's kind of like a thing of the past. But for me, it was like, I just needed to honor where I felt like I needed to be. And none of this is for like monetary purposes. It's literally because I feel like I have a passion for writing and I'm obviously like we can talk it out sister. Cause like, I just want to overshare. And I just felt like Facebook and Instagram necessarily weren't the platforms. And like, I know my posts in general are long and I try to like cut them down. I just like feel like whatever's on my mind, I have to say it in that sense. Like if it's, yeah, you know, and I never would have been like that if it weren't for like what they teach you in the MLM. And I know not of all of it's the right way, but I ended up kind of finding like my voice and I'm still kind of finding my voice, but I had a couple of people reach out to me who had said that they thought I should start a blog and that they wanted to hear more. And I was like, I always kind of wanted to in the back of my head. And I was such a habitual over-researcher, over-thinker, and just was like waiting for the quote unquote right time. And like would complain about the same things not happening, except for I knew I had control over it. Like, and I don't know, we, I had a mastermind call with you and Katie and it just was like, what's the hold up? Just go for it. Like I already had a post that I had like written with anticipation of doing it a couple of days prior to that call. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to buy a domain name and I'm going to, do this thing and that's how it birthed and like I'm trying to do it every week and I really want it to be a, like avenues about all my life like sharing my double mastectomy story and like the different things and being a pipeline wife and what does that look like and like I'm huge on life lessons and like you know all those things that brand you as a kid but like we just talked about in this was yeah. just kind of like huge stuff like expectations or what you thought your life would be or how that like you can change and just like I think for like the longest time I had such a hard time like you know everyone's such an advocate for praying over like what you want or like actually visualizing it and I could never mm -hmm. like feel like how come that's so hard for me but it was because I wasn't ever really feeling like I was truly pursuing what was like my God's purpose to like be here for mm -hmm. and I think that like a big part of it is I've always really been into like leadership and communication and like just like pouring like enthusiasm for others and trying to lift them up the way I seem to write I feel like is like I'll share a story but I also want to know that you can relate to me and then like here's what I've learned so far I may have not mastered it but maybe it could work for you too that's kind of where the blog is and it's I kind of like to call it a website like it's a blog website like I try to like put both words because no, I don't want sure. to just pigeonhole myself because I feel like yeah. there can be other things like I have the audio version which is kind of like podcasting but I don't really have that functionality and then I like the blurps from my Instagram stories I've been slowly uploading those which I need to ask you some YouTube questions because you're the master at YouTube but like trying to make sure that you get to see me and my personality too is really important and I feel like today's world but I feel like what's hard is like trying to be a social media presence consistently is hard for me because like I have ever since I decided to pivot which I love that word from like Beachbody to doing just me and finding what makes my heart sing was I needed to take 
and remove myself from social media for a while because I, it was just, it's been a nice cleansing way, but like, I feel like because sometimes our life isn't very entertaining or like, sometimes I feel like I don't have anything to say. I'm just not going to show up. And I don't, I hope that never comes across like inconsistent. I just don't want to fill it if I don't need to fill it, you know? And so I'm trying to find like my new rhythm and like, now that I'm coming out, I know that I'm going to have to start being more active on social media again and be more of a presence. But my biggest thing was like, okay, I just want to tackle and like make a post every week and be accountable to that. And then like grow a little bit more somewhere else and like try on some other things and then do that simultaneously. Because my biggest fear is giving up on something because I let like travel get in the way and it's like learning to plan and like really being an owner of my business, even if it isn't monetary, because I know that people are getting value. And I think like the biggest thing I'm going to have to learn is how can I grow to the people who really need to hear it and Mm -hmm. be like super, it's like, you know, the organic growth because, you know, I'm trying to get rid of things on my social media that are like MLM because that's not really going to reach someone in that case. I don't feel like that's not my tribe of people right now. And then I have something in like the brainstorm in the works, I've had like a passion project that I've wanted to pursue forever or like an interest, but just never thought it was like feasible. And like the more I'm able to like sit and daydream about it, like I can visually see like now where people are like, you can visually see yourself in the predicament. And I'm like, that's when you know, like it's for you. But I'm also very open to knowing that if it doesn't go that way, it's okay. Like I'm open to Mm -hmm. whatever it turns out being, but I would like to have my own company and man, I haven't even shared this socially out loud yet, but I think that makes the follow through a lot stronger when you're verbally committed. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We'll be checking in on you. You I know. (laughs) I I would like to start off with doing a few t-shirts. Basically the idea around it is I have collections for different parts of my life that I feel like when someone were to wear that t-shirt collection, they can embody that person. So like when I think about my pipeline life and just like my life in general, I call it the Betty collection. I used to think it was like a 50s housewife, but if you look up Betty in the Urban Dictionary, it's like spot on, like it's beautiful. And then, you know, there's that part of me who kind of grew up as a country kid. I used to barrel race way back in the day. And so there's like the calamity collection. So like the boho country side of things. And then, you know, the, the fighter side, which is like anything to do with like, you know, like working out and my double mastectomy side would be yeah. Rosie, like Rosie the Riveter. It's in total like baby stages. Like obviously nothing's off the ground yeah. yet, but I'm really excited. And I don't want it just to be t-shirts. I want to be able to use and donate, pick different things, you know, that's on my heart to donate to. I would like to have gift boxes. I'm a huge gifter. And so a big dream of mine is to be able to gift. And then like recently after we started talking about hauling like a trailer behind us, like a little cargo trailer, not little, it'd have to be pretty large, to have like my own office to walk out to, like it is like, I already picked the one out that I like. And then I was like, dude, I want this in like, I want to be able to have this in stores around like every town you go into like, Hey, do you want to carry my stuff? You know, or whatever. I like, that's how I would see it. Yeah. You want to sell. And I would, well. You'll have to send me some of those pictures because I am like Pinteresting that stuff on the weekend. I, just started I can't that. quit thinking about it. You'll have to share some of them with me. Like 
I haven't been able to find the thing that's like, oh, I think this would work for both store and office. Like they're Uh typically one or the other. I agree. I've become obsessed with this idea of documenting. And I think that that's where your brand is. I mean, we're going to call it for what it is. It's a personal brand and it doesn't have to start monetary and it doesn't have to start as, you know what I mean? Like a business, but as you build that and as you think about it, I think you should take people with you along the process because Mm -hmm. I love this idea of people starting documenting early. And like whenever I was having the podcast with Austin, starting to think back about whenever he first started welding. And if we would have just had that, any documentation of it, whether it be written, video, audio, whatever, it would have been so cool and helpful to help other people if we could have talked from ourselves at the beginning, not just what we remember, but like what the actual day-to-day was. And I love the idea that you are new in the process. And I have to remind myself of this all the time, like document over create, you know, and it's hard to do because you feel like you need to shine it up a little bit before you put it on the internet. Not that we're trying to be unreal, but you just don't want to like waste people's time or you don't want to just fill in white space, you know? Yeah. Or like everybody takes it as a negative and you're like, that's not what I see it as. And you're like, then you don't want to set a tone that's not there either, you know? Right. But I think if you could document that, like put it out there, the things that you want to put out there, and obviously you're going to have to keep some things a secret, but like the things that you try on, like talk about those because I'm sure that's going to be an adventure. Like there's Mm -hmm. going to be some that feel good. There's going to be some that are total fails, you know? And I love the idea of like you sharing more about the things we've talked about today, just because I think that, you know, you definitely share on Instagram. I don't think blogs are dead, by the way. I think that they're going to like have a little bit of a comeback. I definitely think audio is probably king, but I just think a website, like what you're saying, you need it as a hub because everything on social media is so short-lived. So I love the idea of you writing these, yeah, blog posts that are there to stay. I think you nailed it perfectly by saying that it's like a hub because I just think about, for example, I heard of a new podcast from a blurb of someone else's. So I went and checked it out, but I was like, who are these people? Yes. So then I went to their website and was able to like, see, you know, sometimes you work in reverse, you know, like you do what would be the first thing last and vice versa. But I love this idea. Like I had to write it down as a note because I'm like, what a great idea if I could actually follow through with it would be like the diary of being under construction and just like kind of like collaborating like thoughts when I have them and then like putting a a vlog of it together. Mm -hmm. So then it shows the birth of like the new company. Yeah. I just think that that would be so cool to look back on. And it's so relatable because, you know, starting is the hardest freaking part. And you and I are both the same in the sense that like we, it's not so much as it is scared to fail, but not really. It's that you just want to do it the best that you can. Like you want to be prepared. You want to, you know what I mean? Like you want to do it right. And Mm -hmm. so starting is so hard. And I think that we hear from so many people that are successful, but we hear from them once they're quote unquote, by the way, but once they've done all the things like they're making all the money they have the title they have employees like they've built the business that they can leave on vacation because you know what I mean they've put systems in place and they've done it right but like what about all this crap 
that happened before. And one thing that I find is that all these people that are doing this, they start talking about, you know, like their schedules and that you really need to put into place self-care. But then it's like, were you actually doing that? Because as fast as you built your business, girl, I know you were working like 17 hours a day and you didn't have any self-care. So like, what did that actually look like? Not what is healthy and what you're doing right now. Like, what did that actually look like? Because, you know, but nobody documents or very few people document that part of it. And so I I agree. Have a cool opportunity to say, you know what, this is who I am, but also this is all the crap I'm going to try and just go along with me. And I, yes, so much yes in that because I hear like for me, like I finally accepted the long game of it because as much as I hate the word, I'm going to use it, balance. I hate that word, but like it's the truth in wanting to make sure that I don't, like I want to be able to do it all. And the only way I can do that is if I decide now what that schedule and what balance feels like to me. I, yes, I may have to give a little to build, but like, I want to be able to like, if that takes me twice as long, then it takes me twice as long. Cause I just don't want to lose who I am in the process. And I feel like mm-hmm. that's kind of like where I kind of got lost when I was doing my MLM a little bit. Like I was so fixated on all like what they're saying. I like kind of was like, what do I really want? And so yeah, I had to, I mean, I took a time out just to decide, like, I didn't even know what that was. And so then I kept trying to like pressure myself to like fill up this time with something. Cause I felt like the need to like have the next thing. And then once I was like, yeah. granted myself the grace to just like, all right, you're going to binge a whole show on Netflix. Like, so be it this week. Like that's what's going to happen. Right. All of a sudden, like my brain opened up and now I have dreams and things like I, like we're saying, like the things that I wanted to try on and see if it even works. And then like remove the expectation of how that's really going to end up because like I am so open to where this could go. Like I would have never imagined like I am so honored to be on your podcast and I know it's still like new to your community, but like I feel so big time right now. I'm not going to lie. Like I have like three blog posts out and I've been like inactive on social media for the most part and I'm getting interviewed on a podcast and I feel like the shit. I'm not going to lie. I've talked about that. I want to interview and that's why like I, you were like taken back and I'm like, no, you're the exact person I want to interview because not everybody is going to want to have and do kind of what we're doing on social media. But I love the idea of catching you in this stage because I think that it's so relatable and like, that's the story I want to tell. And like I told you whenever we were texting is like, I want to talk now. And then in a year or two from now, I want to talk again. And like, maybe it's going to look like what you said in the products that you say you want to have out, or maybe it's going to look like something totally different, but I just, I want to catch that because I just think that that's what I'm missing in the stuff that I'm watching. I guess I'll just say that. Like maybe I'm doing it because I'm selfish. <laughs> Cause like, that's the stories that I want to hear. Like I want to hear from people who like don't want to do social media, but are still like doing big things or like, you know, trying to figure out things and like grow in their life or whatever in their job and their marriage, but also the ones that do, but that are just getting started. And so you're the perfect person to have on. And I really, really appreciate you sharing your story. 
I know we've been on for a while, but I just think that, I mean, we'll hear, we'll hear from people, but I just think that it was so good. I know that it warmed my heart and it helped me just feel like less alone. And, you know, sometimes good, bad, or indifferent, I'm somebody who needs to hear that like I'm validated in my thoughts or feelings. And I think that you just being honest and vulnerable has allowed me, like I've, I've had so many of those moments today, just be like, Oh my gosh, me too. You know, we were talking about, (laughs) it's real. Like that's, I know I've had so many. I love that you say that because like, it's, it's so good to have people. Like if you can surround yourself, they say who you, you are who you surround yourself with, like at least your like immediate five people, because you know, you're in my life right now for a season that like I'm coming into because you're giving me the confidence to remember like, yeah, I'm going through it. And that's still a thing. I don't have to like show up later and then tell my story. And that's kind of what you're saying is like, everyone's doing the look back and we're like Mm -hmm. in the present. And so it's kind of cool. And like, just the things you just said, like so complimentary to me, because I've realized within like the last couple of weeks, like really, what is my mission? And like, what do I want to give? And it's like, I want every girl, young and old, to know that you don't have to follow tradition, know that you can remove those expectations from yourself to just literally be and living is enough. And if you're happy, everybody else around you is going to be happy. And then those things that make you feel successful don't have to be dollars. Yes, that makes life so much easier. I mean, and who doesn't want to like, say they came from the bottom up, like, I get that. But if you can remove it, that will come just in relation to really living your best life. I love that. I think that's a really good place to end. I mean, we could talk for days, but that's that's a really good place to end. Okay. So I want to end every podcast with three questions. So kind of like rapid fire these. First one is what are you reading, watching, or listening to right now? that you just need to share with everybody? Okay. Well, I feel like reading, I, can I tell two books that I just got done with that? I feel like everybody should. Okay. Mel Robbins, if you haven't read the five second rule and then her next book, and I can't even remember, but like do audio. I know people like to read. And if you want to buy the book to like highlight through so much good material, what is her other one? I like went through it. I didn't even care what the name was. Is it the book Um, or the course that she did on audible? Audible. Yeah. It was called Kick-Ass with Mel Robbins. I learned so much about and, my life. Yeah, no, me too. I, in the five-second I was role. like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah, in the five-second rule. I, I love her. She's a great person to follow on social media. Oh, my gosh. So Kick-Ass with Mel Robbins and Rachel Hollis, Girl, Wash Your Face. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you're in a period where you're in a funk and you kind of want direction in your life and you're feeling like you have like some anxiety and some different things, my recommendation is those two books it literally gave me the pivot I needed to like take life on again. I couldn't listen to him fast enough. I couldn't not want to like listen to something else, but I knew that I needed to go forward. So right now I'm reading Marshawn. Gosh, I can't even think of their names now. Like I have the books going. We'll link it in the show notes. If you think of it, you'll send, you can send it to me. Okay. No, I was just going to say both of those books. Like the reason they're like that is because they take away every excuse you could possibly think of. But it just makes them so relatable to be like, yeah, yeah. that's me. Me too. Like uh-huh. you had hard stuff and you still came out and you have a work ethic. Like that was the hardest thing is I had work ethic forever and then felt like I didn't have one. And I'm like, no, it's still in you. You just oh, you yeah. need to find the right thing that makes you like fired up again. And right. then the podcast I would say is The Life Coach. 
huge, especially for like people who, again, with anxiety or have issues around food or have with addiction. She really like, if you go back to like the very beginning is what I learned is that she kind of teaches you like all your things, like thoughts actually base your feelings and then the feeling then gives you a result. And so she teaches you how to like retrain your brain, realize the past can't change it. So like accept that it happened for the reason it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. And just like keep looking forward. I don't know. It's been really helpful for me recently. Because so it's called I worry about the past. I will make sure you have it so that it's exactly the way okay. it's supposed to be. That. Okay. I think it's just called life coach, but it's really good. And she's like the big thing that like got me hooked on her. She said, what's the worst case scenario? Worst case scenario is that you chose not to chase your dreams and you missed out on the best thing in your life. And I was just like, yeah, failing forward is always the best because at least you're moving. Yes, for sure. Okay. Next question. Favorite place you have ever lived or visited? Ah, Florida. I feel like that's like our recent favorite. Uh, we really like the Keys. We actually got married there. And so like every Christmas since basically, because we got married in December, we go there or we have gone there for like the last three years. So that's like our favorite place to be, especially when we're off because it's like Josh gets to enjoy a little bit of summer too. Heck yeah. That's amazing. Okay. Last one. What's your favorite quote, verse, or saying? Okay. So I'm just going <laughs> to... P.S. I was raised Catholic, so I have the hardest time committing to one thing. Like that's like I feel like you have to ask me a question, and I'm like, oh, no, no. like I used to say <laughs> P.S. in my prayers, like P.S. God. Uh, so I feel that's like my I don't brain. Have, yeah, so I feel like I don't have a good answer. Like I don't have a quote that I, I'm a quote hoarder. I love them; they like give me life. But it's so funny. I don't know. Like the only thing that keeps coming to my mind is because my grandpa has quotes and he has them on little cards and he puts them around the house. And one I read this morning that just like really is like such a good reminder. It's like don't forget to live life; it has an expiration date. Oh, I love that one life. One yeah, life. but I mean, there's so many good ones out there. Yeah. I don't know how you could ever decide. Like I I hear a quote and I can write a whole thing on it. (laughs) Oh yeah, me too. And I feel like they find you at the right times, but I, I'm like always changing and I would have such a hard time answering that question. I don't think I would be able to, but I always want to like know more quotes or hear, you know, hear them if I haven't heard them before. So again, that was Yeah, now I feel like I'm going to like hear this back. Yeah, I'm going to hear this podcast back to the answer and I'm going to be like, see, this is why I want to be like, P.S. Actually, I probably would have said, have a good answer. Well, if there's a P.S., it'll be in the show notes. We'll make sure to (laughs) tell everybody where they can find you online and we will link everything. So it's super easy. But where do you see yourself hanging out most in the coming? I know you might be taking a break right now, but like whenever you're back, probably your blog. And I know I follow you on Instagram. Yeah, I would say Instagram is way like I enjoy being there more. And I basically just post whatever I post Instagram on Facebook. But I feel like you just get a better vibe off IG. I'm really on stories when I'm on there. And I do some pre funk so you can lip sync with me because that's like a secret passion. I've also won a couple contests in my old days. But I'm on IG, or you can now find me on my website slash blog at xomk.me. I love your dance parties, karaoke, <laughs> whatever. I don't know what you call yeah. them. Well, I know you call them pre-funk, but yeah. I 
literally, and I'm going to hold you to that playlist. I know. That's like to-do list. I know. No, I'm not kidding. I was driving up here and I was like, dang it. Mary Kate hasn't put out her playlist yet. No. And this one is not working for me. And I just know that every time I listen to you on Instagram stories, I'm like, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and so you have to make that playlist because I need it in my life. I don't care if anybody else needs it or not. I mean, they do, but. Oh, yeah. Well, music is know, life. I know. <laughs> music is life. Before we even got on, I like wrapped some songs to like get me pumped up and like in like the <laughs> yeah. good juice that I needed and like totally music is life and I am like hashtag swirl brain like I'm all over the place when it comes to music like it's not just one genre that I like or know so I think like the big thing for me is like that is to come and I will link that hopefully on or be able to link that on my website and probably like I think that should be easy to do. But my big thing is, is I'm such an advocate for the way that it shuffles through. So I'm trying to be really strategic on how I add songs. So like first I have to write them all down and then add them because Spotify doesn't allow you to like. Oh, so like I don't need to shuffle. I need to just listen from top to bottom. You could, but then like once you like listen to it, you can hit shuffle. But I don't, I like the whole idea if you were to push play, like it had a good vibe. Like if I were to actually be like making a mixtape slash CD mix. Yes. I mean, that's I my goal. I'm a '90s kid. I am down with a mixtape, and I, yeah. I like I like all different genres. Of course, like I, I get in different moods, and like whenever I'm driving and stuff, I like fast stuff. I just love everything. So go follow Mary Kate on Instagram <laughs> and you. rock out because I don't know if I can ever post a story like that, but they are my favorite. Oh, that's like, so nice watch. of you to say because I feel I like who wants to see that? They're probably like. Next, next. Nope. Nope. I watch all 15 seconds. Like, I'm there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As new friends, it's so nice to get to know you more. And I just appreciate you being vulnerable and opening up about your story because I know it's going to touch so many people. So thank you so, so thank much. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> I will say that the hardest part was not asking you questions back because that's my nature. So I felt like I really just capitalized this whole time. That I mean, this is about you. I know, but it was weird. Because I wanted to be like, so what about you? Like, when did you start? Like, that would have been really like like we're. Yeah, we're still getting to know each other. So yeah. Next on the podcast, Mary Kate's gonna interview me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I would. I would love to because that's the one thing I was thinking. I'm like, she's interviewing me about her whole life, and you just did a little blurt. But it's so much easier when someone's asking questions or like helping lead through it. Like that would be entertaining. Or maybe you should have your husband do it. I know. I thought, which I would have to write all the questions, but I guess if people wanted to hear that, we could get to that at some point. But I really want this to be about everybody else because we talk so much. Honestly, I get sick of listening to myself because I have to edit vlogs and I talk so much that I will literally be listening to them over and over trying to edit. And I will say out loud, I am sick of hearing myself. I'm sick of it. I... <laughs> It's like the same word over and over trying to get that right cut. Yeah. Yeah. Mary Kate is just so much fun. And I just was taking notes as I was editing this. And I wrote down that she is a woman for women. And I truly believe that. I'm so excited for all the things that she has planned and that she is going to try out in the coming months and years. I hope you guys will go check her out on Instagram or over on her website. I just think that she's so special and she has such a passion 
for sharing and helping others and connecting with other women. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I sure know that I did. Thank you so much for watching and we will catch you next week. I hope this conversation found you right where you are. Join us to celebrate and support one another on the road to life well lived. You can join in more with our community by visiting industrialtradition.com slash subscribe. And we will send you over all the ways you can hang out with us during the week. I'll be back here same time next week for another episode. Now it's time to push back your seat and go live your industrial tradition. Industrial Tradition.